Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. God, thank you for blessing us today. Thank you for being with us and anointing and um, give us understanding concerning your ways and what you expect of us. And uh, we praise you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to continue with guarding the house from our enemies number three and uh, we're going to start with a revelation uh, given to Claire Pinar on 7:25:22, and uh, we called it the beautiful serpent returns to destruction mm-hmm I dreamed I was at a large American styled school in a cafeteria, and I was happy. I seemed to only be observing in this dream. Well, a cafeteria is a place where food is served, and um, there's, of course, healthy food and junk food to choose from, and we have to make uh, the right healthy choices of what we feed our spiritual man with so that we can be effective to fight the enemy and um, and especially our old flesh nature, right? Romans 8 and 13 says, For if you live after the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. Well, uh, some people eat to live and some people live to eat. <laughs> There's a difference. And we have to be careful about what we put in our spiritual man through the gates, right? Amen. She went on to say, My old school friends were huddled together, and they were acting very strange. Their behavior made me think that they were drug addicts, but I pushed it far from my mind. Rion, uh, Claire's husband, said, Old friends represent past struggles and or addictions, uh, demons previously overcome in our lives who are huddling together to look for a way back in. And also, I might say, uh, you know how it is when you've gotten saved and you get around your old friends, right? They all want to take you back to those places, you know. Um... Well, these can be addictions of the old man to anything or idolatry with anything that has become more important in our daily lives than God. They take away our time from Him and uh, kingdom matters. And uh, they get us more excited with the things of the world instead of the things of the kingdom, right? But the Lord said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? Amen. 
the cafeteria changed to a field and a war zone. And Rion said, this is a spiritual war. Yes, it is. And uh, many army men, uh, she went on to say, were taking down these drug addicts. <laughs> I believe this is representing the warring angels who fight on our behalf when we invoke the Word of God. And uh, Rion said, the angels are ministering servants that have their orders from the Lord to obey the Word and take out these demons by the authority of Christ, and especially when it's spoken through us, right? Hebrews 1, 13 and 14 says, But of which of the angels hath he said at any time, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies the footstool of thy feet? Are they not all ministering spirits, sent forth to do service for the sake of them that shall inherit salvation? Yes, they do. And um, we, we're going to see this more and more. People are going to have more and more uh, understanding and discernment of the angels around them in their job and what they can give to the angels to do, which would take them a lot longer or impossible, right? Amen. One of my drug addict friends was a lady named Linda. And Rion said, uh, Linda means beautiful serpent. Linda's boyfriend, whose name was Brett, hated to do it, but he shot Linda because she was so evil. Well, uh, she said, Brett means a man from Britain or Brittany. Uh, Britain was one of the places uh, the Roman Empire beast uh, could not gain a foothold in. And it caused much embarrassment to the Romans. So she went on to say, Brett uh, represents my spirit man, which is much bigger than the addictive sin nature. Well, yeah, when we walk and we talk by faith, uh, we, see the, we see the victory over the sin nature. And, of course, the spirit man always wants to do this, walk and talk by faith. She was pregnant and cried out to get someone to save the baby. Her, this is talking about Linda now, a beautiful serpent. Um... Her blood was running everywhere. Well, the baby here represents the fruit of the old man, and the blood represents his nature. Uh, I was watching all of this in pain, uh, sight, and nothing was happening to me. In plain sight, and nothing was happening to me. Well, uh, Claire was supernaturally protected on the battlefield, Linda, the beautiful serpent enemy, disguised as friend, will continue to try to bring forth the fruit of the old nature. And she said the entire field looked like a bloodbath. Uh, well, the old man is dying, right? The old nature is dying. Uh, the battle is going against the old nature, just like it's going against the deep state out there, right? 
So it's the battlefield of the mind where we conquer our old nature and the fiery darts of the enemy, or they conquer us. And the blood of the old man is conquered by the new man, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The blood of Jesus uh, replaces the Adamic nature which was passed on to us by the blood of the natural man. Then something very strange happened. Linda, the beautiful serpent, was raised from the dead, not in a good way, but in a fearful way. Well, Romans 8 and 13, For if we live after the flesh, we must die. But if by the Spirit ye put to death the deeds of the body, ye shall live. This is a constant thing. You have to keep putting to death your old man, not give it a resurrection. Right? She was now even worse. She had more addictive and maniacal behavior, and her hair was getting darker, which talks about submission, right? And your, when your hair is dark, it means submission to darkness. And that's what the flesh is. It's submitted to darkness. So this is a, a good representation of our battle with the flesh nature when we fail to keep our foot on the neck of the old man. That's right. They can come back stronger and uglier the next time around. And uh, this is a dangerous direction to go because in the parable of the sower, three out of four fell away and bore no fruit. Mm-hmm. Contrary to popular opinion out there. Um, Rion said uh, he gave Matthew twelve forty three through 45. But the unclean spirit, when he has gone out of the man, passes through waterless places seeking rest and finding it not. Then he saith, I will return into my house whence I came out, and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. And then goeth he, and taketh with him seven other spirits, more evil than himself, and they enter in, and dwell there. And the last state of that man becometh worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this evil generation." So we're talking about a house here that's being taken back over. Uh, and that talks about our, our natural life, you know, uh, being taken back over by the flesh, you know, because if you walk after the flesh, you must die. And people who are walking after the flesh as Christians, they are in a process of dying. Well, Jesus was speaking to the people of God in this text about the demons who find their comfort uh, in people's flesh. The demons don't dwell in the spirit of a born-again person, but they can dwell in the flesh of a born-again person. happens all the time. For anybody who casts out demons, they know that. Okay. She was now completely open in her dealings with the other druggies, and told me that she had never wanted me to know, otherwise I would not be friends with her. Exactly. The enemy and our flesh nature are very sneaky this way. They want us to be in agreement with them so that they can keep their house and not have to go to the cross. Amen. 
I tried to get her to come to me, but she couldn't. She was hooked. Yeah, the flesh gets hooked on the things of the world. And um, that's why we need to keep it down. Our flesh nature can never change or come into agreement with our spirit man. It cannot be born again. <laughs> he must die. According to the Word of God, 1 Corinthians nine twenty-five through 27 says, And every man that striveth in the games exercises self-control in all things. Now they do it to receive a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Incorruptible crown. Yeah. I therefore so run, as not uncertainly, so fight I, as not beating the air. But I buffet my body, and I bring it into bondage. The old man has to be brought into bondage. Your foot on his neck. So he can't talk, can't breathe, whatever. Uh, lest by any means, after that I have preached to others, I myself should be rejected. Now, if Paul can be rejected, so can we. Then Brett came again. Uh, and he was huge. Well, the more the old man dies, the more the spirit man grows, right? Easily more than two meters tall and very large. Well, as we continue to feed and mature the spirit man with the word, he will easily conquer the old man. Um, 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Wherefore we faint not. But though our outward man is decaying, our inward man is renewed day by day. Of course, this process can be reversed. It's what we just saw. This process can be reversed. As your in outer man takes control over your house, uh, the inner man is being evicted and uh, growing smaller. But as the um, the uh, cursed uh, old man is dying, the inner man gets larger and stronger. He said he'd have to finish her off. <laughs> yes, our spiritual man needs to finish that old serpent off. And he kept on calling his superior to check that it would be okay. <laughs> and and Rion said uh, John 14 and 31, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. And um, Linda knew she'd get killed again, and she was trying to hide that with another girl. Uh, they were doing drugs, and now right in front of me. Well, this represents out-of-control fleshly addictions, right? To the old serpent man. I was uh, astonished that they'd be so brazen and flaunt their bad habits in front of everyone. They were careless, loud, and outright rebellious. And Rion said, uh, Luke 12 and 2 and 3, But there is nothing covered up that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. Wherefore? Whatsoever you have said in the darkness shall be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear of the inner chambers 
shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. Yes, it happens all the time. I then sat down with Brett uh, for lunch, and these other really tall, big men arrived. Even though they looked different to Brett, they were on his team, and they were committed to getting this drug problem eradicated. Uh, they were planning their strategy, and it didn't seem too difficult, but they were going to keep on attacking no matter what. Uh, well, you know, the, the, the big men can have a couple of meanings, but one of them is, of course, other spiritual people around us that we should gather around us whose spiritual man is big in the spirit realm, uh, and because they've been conquering their enemy, the flesh, right? They can be a help to us. That's one thing. Uh, we recently heard from the warrior angel, Shemuel, who stands next to the drain the swamp sign near our water purifier or our water filter in my house. Uh, he said the enemy and their Human minions have sustained large setbacks and heavy casualties. <laughs> they are now regrouping for another attack. Keep praying, do warfare, and praising. Send us out to do the battle on your behalf. Unquote. Yep, that's what he said. And I asked the Lord... Uh, who Linda represents in this dream, she said. And I opened my Bible by faith at random on Isaiah 43 and 25, on thy sins. Now, whether you know it or not, the sins uh, are what the old man is. He is sin, okay? Because everything you do in the old man is contrary to God. So I thought Linda might uh, represent the flesh, in this dream, so this is a good confirmation. I agree. And in context, we'll read that. It says, uh, 24 through 26, Thou hast bought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast burdened me with thy sins, and thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Set thou forth thy cause, that thou mayest be justified. Well, when we do not repent, there is no sacrifice for our sins nor for willful disobedience, according to Hebrews 10.26. But in, in many cases, it is the sin that dwells in us, as Paul lamented about in Romans chapter 7. Claire's finger was on thy sins, in verse 25, which says, I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. So God knows our hearts when we uh, sincerely desire to repent, and he will give us the grace to do so for his own sake. 
I remember seeing uh, another angel. There's three of them that stay in my house regularly. Uh, and uh, this is the angel that pours out anointing upon my head. And this um, uh, this angel, uh, I asked a question of this angel. And the question is, um, um, what were you doing? He was actually taking a book and writing in it. And he was saying that he was taking down my obediences. He was taking uh, a record of my obediences. And uh, later I thought about it and I asked, well, what do you do with my disobediences? I knew the answer, but he said exactly what this says. They are blotted out. Uh, so God knows our hearts when we sincerely desire to repent, and He will give us the grace to do so for His own sake. He wants us to grow up in Him. He wants us to be all big in Him, right? So Romans seven thirteen um, through 8 and 4 says this, Did then that which is good become death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might be shown to be sin, working death to me through that which is good, that through the commandment sin might become exceedingly sinful. Yes, we should learn to hate sin by studying the commandments, right? For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Talking about the old man. For that which I do... I know not, for not that what I would, that do I practice, but what I hate, that I do. He was complaining that he was failing. Okay, But if what I would not, that I do, I consent unto the law that it is good. So he's saying the law is right and correct. So now it is no more I that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in me. See, you agree with the law, you hate the sin, you don't want it in your life, you complain about it, and so on. So now you're saying that it's not you, it's the sin which dwells in you, and in your flesh, by the way. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but to do that which is good is not. For the good which I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I practice. But if what I would not, that I do, it's no more I that do it, but the sin which dwelleth in me. So God, if you hate that sin and you're fighting against it, then God's against it, right? And he separates you from it, you understand. Uh, verse 21, I find then the law that to me who would do good, evil is present. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see a different law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity under the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me out of the body of this death? Well, who did it? Yeah, verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I of myself with the mind indeed serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And Romans 8, 1 through 4 says, 
Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That's the people who hate the sin and are fighting against it, don't want it. All right. And they're believing Jesus Christ, that he has taken care of this problem, as he, as was just said in the previous chapter, right? There's now, therefore, now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and of death. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has been given to us, and we don't have to walk after sin anymore. We can reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin and alive unto God, and let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. Amen. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. He crucified it on the cross. That the ordinance of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So walk after the Spirit of God. Put your eyes on the Word of God and your delight in the ways of God and so on. So here's another one uh, given to Claire. We called it tempted by the spirit of anger and factious Nazi sympathizers. <laughs> Seven twenty nine twenty two. This dream is a big warning not to get distracted. However, it seems that the Lord has sent the distractions to some as training because it was covered under the red pickup truck, as you will see. Uh, may our Lord show favor to those who continue to seek Him diligently and fervently. Amen. She said, I dreamed I was traveling on a highway in what I thought was my silver van. I had my old boss, whose last name is Koza, next to me. She was my boss when I worked for the Department of Foreign Affairs in South Africa. Her last name means Angry Men and Herder of Cattle. <laughs> I think she represents the curse and maybe specifically an angry spirit that herds beastly people. I cast out uh, anger many years ago and saw it leave. When I feel it trying to come on me, I remember what it looked like when it left. It manifested as a small black dog, insignificant. Well, in the dream, I realized I was driving a red pickup truck, and in the back of the truck, I had all my toiletries and clothing Toiletries represent being clean. Clothing represents being covered with the garments of righteousness. And uh, the red truck represents being covered by the blood of Jesus. It seemed I had packed up my belongings from my home and was carrying them uh, in the pickup truck. I turned left at Koza's direction. Koza always is <laughs> going uh, angry uh, flesh is always going to have you turn left, right? 
And then I realized that she had no idea where she was going. No, they don't. They can't lead your life, right? I, I now had to turn back onto the highway. Well, we think it's the highway, the highway of holiness, right? And it was busy with two opposing lanes. And as I waited for an opportunity to cross over into the correct lane, I felt myself growing smaller. Got off the trail, you see. Followed the flesh. And uh, then you got, start getting smaller in the kingdom of God, right? My feet could hardly touch the pedals, and I could barely see it out over the steering wheel. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, and, of course... When we listen to the flesh's directions, because they don't know what they're go- where they're going, right? Our spirit man gets smaller, and we are in danger of losing control of our vehicle. Hmm. I made it across, and Koza was not happy that I made it back onto the highway. No, they don't like the flesh. Does not like uh, the highway of holiness. She said she never travels on highways and only used back roads because they like to hide, right? I said to her, I've never even considered it. She said, you should. I said, it's quicker. And she replied, no, it's always longer by at least 20 minutes. I shook my head and she walked away. <clears throat> the flesh is not going to agree with your spirit man right, in the direction of your spirit man and what road you are to travel and so on and so forth. Rian said, uh, she seems to represent many different things like faction, division, anger, self, works of the flesh. These will cause many to get off of the highway of holiness and shrink back or lose maturity in Christ. Shrink back unto perdition, right? My soul has no pleasure in them. Suddenly, I was in a house with Rion, my husband. His name means little king, so he might represent the man-child, and I, the bride, because my name means brilliant, as the clothing of the bride in Revelation 19. Yeah. It was uh, not a house that we lived in, uh, in the natural, it was almost empty. I figured we were moving out together to another place. Um, well, we must continue to come out from among them and be separate and made holy. Moving out of apostasy and familiarity with the fallen lascivious church uh, or nature, right? And Rion's mom and dad were there as well as his sister, uh, her husband, and their children. His brother's children were there too. And I was very separate from them. And I kept on checking the bathroom cabinets to make sure these were empty so that we could leave. (laughs) Well, the bride is ready to leave uh, with her groom and is still making sure she is clean and that she has everything required for purification. Right? His family brought up uh, the name Dr. Mengele. You remember him, right? In every sentence. 
they were uh, praising him and said, His sacrifice was worth it. They kept on saying he did such good work. They were enamored with him. And I balked at this. I had a vision of this man descending into deep water as part of a military execution. Uh, in this vision, he was drowned at sea. Well, okay. Mengele was an ardent Nazi. He joined the research staff of the Institute for Hereditary Biology and Racial Hygiene in 1934. During World War II, he served as a medical officer with the Waffen SS, which was the armed component of the Nazi paramilitary corps in France and Russia. In 1943, he was appointed by Heinrich Himmler to be chief doctor at Baikonur. Uh, Birkenau, excuse me. Uh, the, sup the supplementary extermination camp at Auschwitz, where he and his staff selected incoming Jews for labor or extermination, and where he supervised medical experiments on inmates to discover means of increasing fertility to increase the German race. His chief interest, however, was research on twins. Mengele's experiments often resulted in the death of the subject. He was called the Angel of Death. Well, we have seen that Nazis are like the faction in that they hate and kill God's people. And uh, we also know in the natural that the Mengele's out there are killing an awful lot of people on the physical side with their uh, Nazi experiments, um, uh, murdering people uh, with their needles and uh, murdering people in the hospitals for money, which is being offered for the death of anybody who dies of COVID. Uh, so they're being bribed uh, to kill people, or whatever. My in-laws kept on asking me what I thought, whether I agreed with them, and whether I was coming with them. They seemed to want to tempt me towards anger or discord. I could not respond with what they wanted to hear, so I asked Rion when we were leaving, and I told him the car was packed and ready, and then I woke up. <laughs> Well, Dr. Mengele was the enemy of God's people, like many today who are being experimented on by the vaccines and who are dying, and many more will die in the future. Um, uh, Rion said, Trusting in the arm of the flesh and vaccinations or any other means of self-deliverance is supporting the angel of death. Absolutely. And uh, Claire, I would say, as a type of the bride, does not trust in the arm of the flesh, which has killed so many Christians. Jeremiah seventeen five through 8 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed is the man that trusteth in man, and maketh the flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh but shall inhabit the parched places of the wilderness, 
a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose trust the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out its roots by the river, and shall not fear when heat cometh, but its leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, <laughs> or 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 uh, <laughs> plague, I would say. Uh, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Amen. Another one given to Claire. We called it Buffet the Old Man and Wait on the Lord. Uh, 731.22 I dreamed I was at um, a large home. It was white, and it was a place where people gathered and were currently gathering. Uh, Rion said, Our bodies are the house of God. A large house represents a corporate body. Amen. This really old man came to the door and tried to come in. And I knew he had an assignment on my life. Yes, everybody who has flesh has an assignment against their life, which is the spiritual man. He was a very smooth talker and seemed very friendly to everyone else, but I knew I could not go anywhere with him, and I told him to leave, and I was so rude to him. It surprised me in my dream. <laughs> Rian said, No more, Mr. Nice Guy, to this old man. Get rid of him with force. <laughs> and the righteous will take it by force, right? Well, the old man is an enemy of God, which makes him our enemy, right? Our spiritual man's enemy. And Romans 8, 5 through 8 says, For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. And they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. We like religion because it lets us live in the flesh. It lets the old man live. That's what religion does. That's why you need to come out from among them and be ye separate. Then he said, I've got your number, little dove. You'll always be mine. That's what the flesh man says to the spirit man. And I took him outside and I beat him up. <laughs> I've never been in a physical fight, she says, so I don't know what that looks like or feels like. But in the dream, I went ballistic. I kicked the wind out of him, head butted him, Got him, <laughs> got him to the ground and laid into him. His face seemed to contort from disbelief to sheer feebleness as I did this. I could feel the frame of his skeleton give way, and he was just a pile of mush when I was done. <laughs> he was all squishy. I gave him one more blow to the head and then got up and went back inside. 
<laughs> and Rion said, Wow, good job, Claire. It's a spiritual fight against the old man, we know, but it's still a brutal, all-or-nothing all fight. Put down that old flesh. Amen. First Corinthians 9 and 27, But I buffet my body. You know, that means hit many times, right? I buffet my body and bring it into bondage, lest by any means, after I have preached to others, I myself should be rejected. Hmm, okay. Then the scene changed, and I was at King's Cross in London, England. It's a large train station. I was not wanting to get onto any train, but was waiting uh, a while, uh, for a white train to pull in. And Rion said, King's Cross is a play on words, as the bride waits at the cross of King Jesus, which represents death to self, and is where the Holy Spirit train picks us up. Yeah. In the meantime, there were black men who were blowing up train tracks. <laughs> well, this being a good train, a white train, of course, they don't want you to travel on that. They are a part of the flesh, right? They were black men who were blowing up train tracks. Men walking in darkness, I would say, and destroying the paths to dwell in, right? They were trying to get people killed, and one of them seemed to follow me around. <clears throat> and Rion said, Factious and divisive apostates try to derail the body of believers who continue on the original path of the original gospel. Yeah. Isaiah 3 and 12 says, as for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they that lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. I started walking along the tracks, and there were different levels of scaffolding and tracks. I was on a very high level, and if I fell, I would die. This black man was intent on me dying. <clears throat> and Rion said, It's walking in the heavenlies, and we can't fall back or we risk becoming twice dead and plucked up by the roots and impossible to be renewed unto salvation. Um, keep walking by faith and overcome. Endure. Right. We have to endure this, this crucifixion to the end, don't we? And I would say Hebrews 6, 4 through 8 uh, gives us something concerning this. It says, For us touching those who were once enlightened and tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit and tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then fell away, it's impossible to renew them again unto repentance seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the land which has drunk the rain that comes often upon it and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them whose sake it is also tilled, receiveth blessing from God. But if it beareth thorns and thistles, it's rejected and nigh unto a curse whose end is 
to be burned. It's impossible to... This is why many of the people that fall into faction never come back, never repent, never confess sins. They've been reprobated because many of them have done just this. They've received the powers of the age to come. They've received the Holy Spirit. They've received the Heavenly Spirit, um, the gift, and uh, they've received the good word of, the, of God and, and fell away. Um, I pretended to jump off the high level, which of course would have meant death, and then I went back to my spot. But he really jumped. In other words, she faked him out, I guess. And when he miraculously landed at the bottom, <laughs> the flesh cannot fall away and die. It's already dead and already fallen away. <laughs> he seemed to be distracted and uh, left me alone. I kept on having visions of these uh, black men all over the tracks like spider men. Let me say, the, the the Lord, when he reprobates a person because they're so proud that they can judge other people, he brings them to the very depths of the worst sins. Yeah. While they're still so-called living, they think. They're not. They're dead. But uh, he brings them to the very depths. This is what happens to the factious people. They b believe that they can criticize, judge, slander, other people through those demons in them and get away with it, but they can't. They have sold their soul to the devil. Anyway, Rion goes on, on talking about what she just said about the black men, black men all over the tracks, and she said, The attacks of the enemy are in full scale now. Our fight is against the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Yes, that is true. At this point in the dream, I knew a big inferno was coming, a big fire. I could see and feel the heat and an orange glow coming closer, but I just sat and waited. These black men and other people were running left and right, but they'd never escape what was coming because it is for the burning up of the wood, hay, and stubble. It is for the burning up of the flesh in the fiery trials. And Rion said, representing the fiery trial of God to burn up the flesh. Yes, amen. I received this word by faith at random. Second Samuel three twenty nine. Let it fall upon the head of Joab and upon all of his father's house. And let there not fail from the house of Joab one that hath an issue, or that is a leper, or that is, or that leaneth on a staff, or that falleth by the sword, or that lacketh bread. In uh, Exodus 20 and 5, I'll add, uh, it says, I... The Lord thy God am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and upon the fourth generation of them that hate me. So not only do people walk in the flesh, they pass on their sinful natures to their children. And you can see that. Everybody can see that. 
So these are particularly, this is particularly wicked when a person who get, gains the knowledge of that continues walking in the flesh because they're going to pass that on to any of their children. And uh, Rion said, uh, Job represents those who fall back. They were once the king's best man, but then did murderous works and fell away, and all their previous mighty works are forgotten. Matthew seven twenty two and 23 says, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy by thy name, and by thy name cast out demons, and by thy name do many mighty works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You know, all your righteous works will not be remembered if you fall in sin. They will not be remembered. Notice, he did not remember their works. I never knew you. They were erased from his memory. I asked the Lord for another verse, and my finger landed on witchcraft. Mm -hmm. From Nahum 3 and 4. Because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, she's a harlot because she no longer receives the seed of her husband. That's the world, right? The mistress of witchcrafts that sells nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcrafts. I've noticed when um, uh, a man falls into faction and witchcraft, his children go downhill quickly. I noticed one young man, I believe it was on Facebook, I was watching him, he had become a Satanist. Uh, and his father treated him shamefully. Shamefully. And, uh, well, here's one we called Burning the Old Man's House. Amen. Marie Kelton, February 2022. He said, The Lord gave me an open vision. I saw the sky was a light greenish color, and my spiritual man, who was wearing all white, walked out of a black house. Hmm. My spiritual man turned and looked back at the house. Yes. And That black house represents the house of the flesh, the house of evil works, the house of walking in darkness. So I say that we must not look back at our old nature and what is the past because it will destroy us as it did Lot's wife. We must keep our eyes focused on Jesus in the mirror. In other words, he lives in me. I don't live anymore, right? Uh which is our hope of glory. Philippians three thirteen and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself yet to have laid hold, but one thing I do. Now watch carefully. He doesn't count that he has manifested this place of maturity, but he says, I count not myself yet to have laid hold, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I press on towards the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So you set your eyes on Jesus and Jesus in the mirror because 
He's, you're going to come into his image from glory to glory if you do that. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 says, right? Keep your eyes on him. Here it is, 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. But we all with an unveiled face. When you get an unveiled face, you see the way you're supposed to see. Beholding as, it, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are transformed into that same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. So your faith says, I don't live anymore. Uh, God now lives in me. Yeah, Christ lives in me. I don't live anymore. That was Paul's good confession before many witnesses. And we have to have that confession too. Believe with the heart, confess with the mouth, thou shalt be saved. Then I saw my flesh man who was black and wearing all black in the house, screaming at my spiritual man through a closed window of the house. Uh, okay, yeah, we must close all windows and doors which represent opportunities for the old man to speak or gain access to our spiritual man. And I believe the windows represent our eye gates and what we see and the doors are like the mouth of the cave that Joshua put the five kings into, or the five senses into, and rolled a great stone over the entrance representing preventing the old man from speaking. And the five senses rule over or bring a curse upon us. Amen. Then my spiritual man uh, lit a match and threw it on the house and set it on fire. We shouldn't avoid fiery trials. They are our way of growing closer to God and putting to death the old man. The fiery trial destroys the old man as we obey the word. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing even to the dividing of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and quick to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God brings the division between the soul, or the life, and the spirit. Right? You know, our soul has two natures, um, uh, one from the flesh and one from the Spirit. And as we grow and mature, it's becoming sanctified because it's becoming spiritual rather than uh, soulish or carnal, right? Okay, so uh, Marie had this one too um, on 3.23.22, and uh, we called it The Lord Claims His Bride, Right? Of course, the bride is one in whom the old man has no place. Jesus said, The evil one cometh, but he hath nothing in me. Mm -hmm. While reading the Bible, the Lord gave me an open vision of him sitting beside me. Well, this is the key to close relationship with Jesus, our heavenly husband, who is the Word made flesh. We must put his word down into our hearts. 
uh, in the parable of the sower, he sowed the seed into the hearts of men, and the seed was the Word, right? The Word is the seed of God, the seed of Jesus Christ, and it should be growing in us, right? Amos 3 and 3 says, Shall two walk together except they have agreed? First thing you got to do, agree with the Word of God and, and in relationship to who you are, what you've done, on and on, everything. Agree with the Word of God. That's number one. And um, he put his hand on my heart. So Jesus put his hand on her heart. And light came forth from his hand into my heart, and it lit up my heart. Then I saw the light spread from my heart to the rest of my body. Well, corporately, the bride is the heart of Christ's body because she is the closest in nature to his own heart. And through uh, the hand or works of Jesus, the bride will be used in a great way to bring the true light of Christ to the rest of the body, just like it was in Jesus' time, right? He sent forth the bride. John the Baptist called them the bride, those first fruits people unto Jesus, to bring the gospel, the good news, and life to the rest of the fallen body there. And um, just as the heart in the natural pumps the life, giving blood to the rest of the body. Amen. John 15, 1 through 8 says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he cleanseth it, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, so neither can ye, except ye abide in me. Okay, you must be close to the Lord. The closer you get to the Lord, the more the flesh burns up, and the spiritual man grows. Verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same beareth much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. And if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And they gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Yeah, whether your religion believes that or not, it is the truth. And he is talking to God's people. Well, this is like the black man in the house that was uh, burned. Amen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will. It shall be done unto you. This is the key to having a strong, powerful prayer life and uh, ministry, right? Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples. Disciple is a learner and a follower of Christ, right? Amen. And also on 725.22, um, Marie got this. 
During the Monday meeting, I had an open vision. The Lord came and sat down next to me. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, just as Jesus came in a body of the Son of David as the man-child, Jesus is coming in the David-man-child reformer body of ministers to take his rightful place next to his bride body. Amen. I notice he had a wedding ring on his left hand. And then I looked and I saw that I had a ring on my left hand also. Well, the ring is a sign of eternity, isn't it? It's in a circle. It doesn't end, right? It's a sign of eternity and, in this case, eternal intimacy with the Lord. It is also a ring of authority, being a joint heir with Christ. You'll notice that the disciples who John called the bride went out and did the exact same thing Jesus did. They had authority over the curse, over the devil, uh, over the flesh. So she went on to say, I thought of this verse in Isaiah 54 and 5. For thy maker is thy husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is thy Redeemer, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. Okay, and then Eve Brast received this on 728.22, seeking to purchase wisdom's house. And she said, I believe Shalanda represents the bride in this dream because just as the dream above it is titled, the Lord claims his bride. Amen. I dreamed I was in the kitchen of a house that all the local UBM brethren were touring. It was built and owned by a silver-haired old woman. I knew in the dream that she was wisdom personified. She wanted to sell the house and was encouraging us all to pitch in together to buy it. But not only were we all individually too poor to buy it, but even if we had corporately put all of our money together, it still would not have been enough. <laughs> you know why? Because it's already been bought. And, and we can't pay the price. Jesus did. We were individually and corporately too poor to purchase the house of wisdom. In Proverbs 8 and 19, wisdom is valued far above silver and gold. That's why it costs so much more, right? So it seems we are poor in wisdom to purchase wisdom's house. Oh, well, thank God that Jesus, who is wisdom and the Word, paid the price through His blood shed for us to have uh, the restored house. 1 Corinthians 1 and 24 says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen. Eve went on to say, There was a large man standing in the middle of the living room. He had a deep voice, kind of like James Earl Jones, and a long beard, and was dressed 
in a judge's robe. He was listening very carefully to what we were saying in our conversations and interactions. And she said, this represents the Father who listens carefully to our words, considers the thoughts and intents of our hearts, monitors our actions with regard to one another, and He acts on our confessions of faith to bring about His promises in our individual lives and for the corporate body. This is true. Uh, You must confess Him before men or Jesus will not confess you before the Father. You must confess the promises. You must agree with the Word. And don't look back at your old fleshly life and consider that you still have that. It's gone. It was crucified with Christ, right? I walked into the living room and saw Shalanda standing with the Father to her right. Her face was turned downward towards him as if she was ashamed uh, for him to see it, and her eyes were cast down towards the carpet. I uh, walked up to her and asked her how she was doing. She tried to talk with me while still looking downwards. But as she slowly lifted her face up towards me, I saw that the enemy had beaten up the whole right side of her face. Her whole eye and cheek area was all uh, blackish and blue and bruised. So I asked, What happened to you? And she said, It's okay. Father is helping me. I have been receiving a lot of hand-ups. In other words, getting a hand up, right? And she lifted her right hand, palm up, in a gesture, and I could tell the Father was pleased with the confession that he understood that it was half-hearted and that this was why the enemy was beating her up. Yep, if you look back, uh, you'll be overtaken by condemnation. You have to confess your sins and only look forward, right? Amen. And at the same time, I felt bad uh, that this had happened to her and wondered if there was something I could have done to help prevent this or uh, to help her fight. Well, I would say justification by faith is the main thing. Uh, Also, Jesus made reconciliation for us, and he made us ministers of reconciliation by uniting others to him by encouraging their faith. With faith, we're able to beat up the old man instead of being beaten up by him, right? You're justified by your faith in the Word, not by your failures or lack thereof. It makes no difference. The thing that justifies you is faith in the promises of God and what Jesus made you into at the cross. Then my attention was drawn to all of the moldings and cabinetry in the house and the kitchen. They were all sanded down and stripped and waiting to be restored and refinished. I had an open vision of how they used to look with intricate carvings and woodworkings. And I thought, what a shame. I had no idea 
that this house used to be so splendid and beautiful. It was still a very beautiful and desired house, but nothing like its original state. Hmm. <laughs> then Michael Hare came up to me and said, Have you ever seen this house in its former glory? And I said, No. Seems a shame. Meaning it was a shame that we couldn't restore it because we were too poor. And then I woke up. And she gives Ezra three eleven through thirteen, and all the people shouted with great shout, when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. By many of the priests and Levites, the heads of fathers' houses, the old men had seen the first house. When the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes. And wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. Well, Jesus is the true house of God, and our job is to behold Him in the mirror by faith until we are restored as His body. Second Corinthians three and eighteen again. This is our job. We know what the true house is supposed to look like. We look in the mirror and we see Jesus. And we come into that same image. So, she went on to say, This dream made me think of Proverbs 8 and 9. Proverbs 8, 1 through 23 and 30 uh, through 36. Does not wisdom cry? And understand, an understanding put forth her voice on the top of the high places by the way where the paths meet she standeth beside the gates at the entry of the city. At the coming in at the door she crieth aloud, Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O ye simple, understand prudence, and ye fools, be of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. You know, when we listen to the Word of God, we are listening to wisdom. Ah, uh, this wisdom will encourage us along the way. If you listen to the devil, as a lot of People do, even Christians listen to the devil and all of his condemnation and all of him talking you down and all of him threatening you and all that stuff. You know, you're not listening to wisdom. For my mouth shall utter truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing crooked or perverse in them. They're all plain to him that understandeth, and right to him that findeth knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. Mm -hmm. Because these are valuable, more valuable than silver and gold. We can have the house of wisdom. For wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto it. 
I, wisdom, have made prudence my dwelling, and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, including the pride of this life, I would say, and the evil way and the perverse mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound knowledge. I am understanding and I have might. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me and those that seek me diligently shall find me. That is wisdom speaking. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and that I may fill their treasuries. Well, um, you know, Jesus gave everything away uh, while Judas stole. Just the opposite. He stole from God's people. And uh, Jesus gave, 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 gave. So that was wisdom. That was wisdom. And it's wisdom in our day, too. And that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me, that is Jesus, wisdom, in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, before the earth, the earth was. And down in verse 30, it says, Then was I by him as a master workman. I was daily his delight. Rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his habitable earth, and my delight was with the sons of men. <clears throat> now therefore, my sons, hearken unto me, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates. You know, there are so many people wasting their life on fruitless endeavors, maybe watching TV or sports or any other such goofy things, uh, when they ought to be putting this wisdom into their heart that has this tremendous promise of the life of God in us. Waiting at the posts of my doors watching daily at my gates and waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor. If you're having trouble finding life, uh, ask the Lord to put it in your heart to get into the Word and to meditate on the wisdom of God. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul, and all they that hate me love death. You can talk to, for instance, the factious who have been reprobated, and you can talk to them about the Word, and they just stare at you with a blank look like, who cares about that? <laughs> you know, 
because they don't. They don't quote it. They don't read it. They don't study it. They don't love it. But they do love death, and it's come upon them. So Proverbs 9 and 1, um, and we're going to read 3 through 12 too. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Those are the seven attributes of God spoken about in the New Testament. Three, she hath sent forth her maidens. She cried upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. Well, you know in the Proverbs how it talks about the simple man and how he gets into sin and all these things, you know. Well, here's the way out. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that is void of understanding, she saith unto him, Come, eat ye of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Well, this is the Lord's Supper, isn't it? The bread and the wine. And that was his bread, his body, his life. He was the Word made flesh, and the wine was his blood, his nature, his life, right? And he said, except you ate and drank of him, you, you didn't have any life. So what should we be doing? Well, wisdom is telling you here exactly what you should be doing. Seeking first the kingdom of God for yourself so you can give it to others. And all these other things, they'll be added unto you because they're not important. They're just passing away, right? Leave off, ye simple ones, and live, and walk in the way of understanding. He that correcteth a scoffer getteth to himself reviling. Oh, I know that. And he that reproveth a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Yes, that will be your enemy. It doesn't matter if you speak purely righteous and you uh, raise the dead and cast out demons and give to the poor. It doesn't matter any of that. If you disagree with the wicked man, you are evil. Like it was with the Pharisees and Sadducees. They watched Jesus do all these wonderful, good, and righteous things, and they crucified his hands and his feet meaning his works and his walk. They couldn't criticize him enough. Reprove not a scoffer, lest he hate thee. Reprove a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will get yet wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied. That's wisdom. And the years of thy life shall be increased. And if thou art wise, thou art wise for thyself. And if thou scoffest, thou alone shall bear it. Mm -hmm. And here is Marie Kelton again. Though I walk through the valley. Amen. During the Friday meeting, I had an open vision of me walking down a dark road with a little light. In the vision, I was singing God of Wonders, which was the song we were singing at that time. And as I was seeing the vision, the verse popped into my head, 
Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. I saw as I was walking that I had on a pair of white headphones. Hmm. Well, I bet white headphones represent listening to the promises in the Word of God, listening to wisdom uh, as He leads us through the valley of the shadow of death to self. Amen. After the vision, I opened my songbook randomly to page 56, which is the song, God is Good All of the Time. My eyes fell on the first verse of the song, which said, If you're walking through the valley, (laughs) and there are shadows all around, do not fear. He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. Psalm 23 and 4, she gives, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And again, Marie Kelton on 8.122, Partaking in Christ's Sufferings. During the Monday meeting, the Lord gave me an open vision of him holding a goblet. The Lord then walked into the Holy of Holies where I was sitting. I was wearing all white with a white head covering, and the Lord sat down beside me. Well, this is representing our spiritual man, which is sanctified and purified by the blood of Christ, and is the only one who can sit with the Lord in the Holy of Holies in our individual temples. Amen? I knew he had drank from the cup, and then he handed me the cup, and I drank from it. Then the Lord said, Partake of my sufferings. Well, Matthew twenty, twenty-two through 23 says, But Jesus answered and said, You know not what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And they say unto him, We are able. And he said unto them, My cup indeed you shall drink. And this is, of course, referring to the cup of suffering, of crucifixion, and death to self. And this is martyrdom for Christ's namesake, right? He went on to say, Jesus went on to say, But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for them for whom it hath been prepared of my Father. 1 Peter 4 and 13 says, But insomuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, rejoice that at the revelation of his glory also you may rejoice with exceeding joy. What is this revelation of His glory? It is a manifestation of His glory in you. You partake of Christ's sufferings. The old man dies. The new man lives. The new man is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then, a little while later, I had another open vision of me and the Lord in the Holy of Holies eating 
then she gives Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. She said, The Lord had a plate full of food, and I did too. I saw the Lord eating with a fork, and I asked him what was on the plate. He said, Vegetables and fruit. (laughs) And when I looked at my plate, I saw that I had the same meal. Well, you think of fruits and vegetables, that they represent healthy food for the spirit man. Uh, which is uh, the body and blood of Jesus, right? Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it unto you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh atonement by reason of the life. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So that's why you must drink Jesus' blood, right? And not the blood of the beast, right? So the bread slash flesh slash meat represents the body of Christ, which has life because of the wine slash blood slash nature of Christ. Amen? And that kind of is explained here, John six fifty three through 58. Jesus therefore said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have not life in yourselves. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood abideth in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he hath he that eateth me, he also shall live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven. Not as the fathers ate and died, he that eateth this bread shall live forever. So you can see the flesh is the bread, and the drinking of the blood is the wine, and it gives us life. And by faith we do the Lord's Supper, believing that we are partaking of his body and blood. Amen. And this was Tabitha Pinar. And uh, this is uh, Claire's daughter. She's going to tell you about her dream, 6, 30, and 22. We called it Finish Your Own Race First. Claire said, My young daughter, Tabitha, had this dream last week. She said, It's the first time I've ever come first in anything. <laughs> Well, thank you, Lord, for keeping Tabitha's eye on the prize and from distractions, Claire said. I dreamed that I was in a race with many other children, and I was in a mixed group of boys and girls together 
but mostly girls. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27 says, Know ye not that they that run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Amen. And who is that one that receiveth the prize? Well, you would say it has to be Jesus because that's where we're supposed to be abiding, in Him, right? Uh, know ye not that they that run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. That's Jesus in us uh, receiving the prize. And even so, run that you may attain. And every man that striveth in the games exerciseth self-control in all things. Now they do it to receive a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, as not uncertainly, so fight I, as not beating the air, but I buffet my body, and I bring it into bondage, lest by any means, after that I have preached to others, I myself should be rejected." Well, I believe that uh, needed to be restated. Um, Rion said, Tabitha means gazelle or gracious. And uh, Tabitha is representing the bride who finishes her race of sanctification first so that, as we will see, she can help her little sister. Uh, Song 8, 8 through 9. Learn to run the race, too, right? She can help her little sister learn to run the race, too, just like it says in that song. Psalm 18, uh, 31 through 42. Or who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock besides our God? The God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon high places. Amen. Lots of advantages to listening to wisdom, right? Uh, He teacheth my hands to war, so that mine eyes do bend a bow of brass. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up and thy gentleness have made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. I will pursue mine enemies and overtake them. Neither will I turn again until they are consumed. I will smite them through so that they shall not be able to rise. (laughs) Kind of like Claire beating up on the old man, right? And they shall fall under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. And thou hast also made mine enemies to turn their backs unto me, that I might cut off them that hate me. They cried, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord. But he answers them not. Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind. There she is again, beating up on the old man. I did cast them out as the mire of the streets. Yep. Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people. 
Thou hast made me the head of the nations. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. All right, back to Tabitha. It was a maze race, and the racetrack was very densely covered with ferns and other leaves. The maze was strange because it wasn't grass or hedges, but it was a track where you could easily get lost. In the middle of the race, there was a crocodile pond, and a child got stuck in there. I went past the child and saw that she was going to be eaten by a crocodile. I stopped by and helped her, and many children raced past me when I did that. Well, it's not the fastest runners who win this race, but the the faithful who obey God's command to love one another. Amen. As soon as she was freed, we started running together. And in the middle of the dream, there was an overhanging area of vines that was so thick you, could, you couldn't see which way to get through. I took a vine and swung and tried to catch a fern so I could get in front of the other children. Well, being in heavenly places up above the earth with Jesus, who is the vine, is how we win the race. John 15 and 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same beareth much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I failed the first few times, but as soon as I got a hold of the fern, I scrambled along until I was in front of the other children. Then it was the end of the race, and I sprinted to the finish line. I knew I had won because no other children were there yet. Soon a boy came in second place, and then another girl came in third. The girl who came in third tried to figure out who had won between me and the second-placed boy. Soon another group of children came, and the rest were lost in the maze. Well, those who get distracted will miss the opportunity to be in the first fruits bride body, and they might be swallowed up by crocodiles. <laughs> yep. Now, the crocodiles represent the old dragon trying to swallow the woman, right? The man who was hosting the maze race decided it was time to give out the trophies. Uh, I believe this is representing Jesus who was with God the Father when he created this earthly race of trials for us uh, to overcome and uh, to win through Jesus' blood. Amen. This is um, a way to weed out those who are not really serious about uh, putting the Lord first, right? Then I said unto him, There are so many children who are lost in the race. Why give out the trophies now? He said, We can't wait for them. 
I told my boss we'd give the trophies out at a certain time, and now is the time, and I can't deny my word. So I said, fine, and we took up a uh, paper and gave a long speech about how the race was conducted and said, uh, thank you to all the people who made the race a success. So this was, I believe, the representation of Jesus here. Um, Then he called Tabitha, and I stood up on the platform, and he gave me my first place trophy. For some reason, I shouted, Stevenson! And Rion said, Stevenson means garland or crown. (laughs) Uh, James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he hath been approved, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to them that love him. And I was so happy, and Mommy and Daddy were so happy too, and we couldn't stop playing praise music. And when we were done, I decided that I was going to look for the children that were lost in the maze. (laughs) So we must get the uh, beam out of our own eye, and then we will see clearly to help our brethren. I want to say that the bride is going to win the prize of the high calling, and um, after that, the bride's job is to go out and look for those who are lost in the maze, right? Amen. It's amazing. The scene changed, and I was scrambling through a maze that was more dense than the one I had been running in the initial race. I heard some shouting in the distance, and I started running towards the noise and saw the rest of the children in the pond that the crocodiles lived in. Well... Having been through this in her own race, the bride will be able to help the little sisters avoid or escape the perils along the way. One child was screaming because a crocodile was quickly swimming to her. Well, these crocodiles represent our enemies and uh, the factious that tried to kill the children with their slanderous mouths the uh, people who become weary in running the race and don't endure in the trials are in danger of not finishing the race at all. Romans sixteen seventeen and 18 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them that are causing the divisions and occasions of stumbling. Contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and turn away from them, for they that are such serve not our Lord Christ, but their own belly. And by their smooth and fair speech they beguile the hearts of the innocent. The children, in other words. I crossed the rock jetty to the area where the child was screaming, and I picked her up in my arms and decided the rocks were going to be too slippery for both her and I to cross. So I swam to the other side and gently placed her on the ground. 
I called to the rest of the children to one by one go across the rocks that formed the jetty to come back to the bank on the other side. Well, I believe the bride body will help others who are the elect of God escape the enemy and his minions who are trying to devour them with their fiery darts from their mouths. And uh, the crocodiles are like the dragon in Revelation 12 who sought to devour the woman church in the wilderness. Amen. And in the wilderness, by the way, is the place where the bride is going to go and look for those of God's people who are lost and bring them into the kingdom. This is very prophetic. Amen. Once the children had done that, we continued the trek back, and this time we got very lost. I didn't know why we got lost, but there had been signs on the trees before that pointed the way, but the maze was denser now, so we couldn't see those signs anymore. We went to an area where we had a sign had to sign some papers to see where we were. Uh, this may represent coming back to our covenant written in the Word and uh, recommitting to it to find our way back to the Father. And after the race, the boss, representing the Father, would come and get the papers to see all the children who had participated in the race. Amen. I believe this represents God's book of life that people are written into or blotted out of depending on whether they endured unto the end to see their salvation manifested. Soon we found our way out of the maze and everyone was safe again. And then I woke up. Tabitha asked the Lord to give her a word that would help her understand the dream and she received Nehemiah 6 and 15. So the wall was finished in the twenty and fifth day of the month, Elul, in fifty and two days. And Rian said, Elul is the sixth month and is usually August uh, uh, and September. Well, we know the wall represents sanctification, which is what we are in the race for. And what if the end of the race and the finishing of the wall, which represents sanctification, are synonymous, and this ends in this time frame of August-September, when the man-child comes for the bride, Uh, and, uh, by the way, seven years later, we come back to the same time. Hmm. Interesting. All right. And we call this one, Be My Steadfast Lighthouse, Eve Brast. Got it on October 2017. As I was driving to work one morning, I knew that Father was really driving the message of steadfastness home to me and pulling it together from many different angles. So I asked him to expand on this to solidify it in my mind. At that moment, he opened up a vision to me, and in a split second I saw it all and understood it more deeply. 
In the vision I saw a lighthouse upon a large rock near the ocean shore. It was a, a pitch black no, stormy night, and the rain was beating against it almost sideways. Its light burned bright into the darkness out towards the storm-tossed sea. It stood strong and faithful against the elements, always shining its guiding light out to sea. I was as tall as the lighthouse while I was walking toward it, and then I was merged into it and became the lighthouse. Well, amen, that's our job, kind of like Tapitha's job with the children, right? As, it, as its light beamed forth from my eyes out upon the wind-tossed waves, I saw many wooden ships in distress being tossed about on the waves. And as I focused on these ships, the faces of desperate people appeared where the bows had been. And they were intensely focused on my light to avoid being dashed upon the rocky shore. Father spoke to me and said, quote, Consider a lighthouse and its steadfastness in the storm. It is reliable, immovable, and ever guiding distressed vessels away from danger. Will you be my lighthouse? Unquote. We may never know on this side of eternity how many distressed vessels were saved because of our faithfulness and steadfast reliability to bring the light to them. In the end, I've had to repent of getting caught up in my own little universe of problems. Today, Father brought me back to a word He had given me during the 40-day fast. Here it is below. Father spoke to me and said, Don't faint in the day of adversity. Be strong. Take courage. For I have heard the cries and the prayers of my people, and I will bring great deliverance. You will see the destruction of the enemy with your own eyes. With your own eyes will you see the mighty works of my hands. You feel I am far away, but I am very near to you. You wonder if I hear, but I tell you I have heard and will answer you in ways that you could not conceive of. Don't faint. Believe and keep believing. For blessed are they who have not seen me and yet believe. Give me all the praise and the glory, for the battle is already won. And I have given you the victory, for I reign victorious forever and ever. I will cause you to contend with horses. And this word reminded me of two texts. Jeremiah 12 and 5 says, If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And though in a land of peace thou art secure, yet how wilt thou do in the pride of the Jordan. Friends, I believe the pride of the Jordan is coming. We've been in a land of peace. And Revelation 2 and 3. 
and thou hast patience, and didst bear for my name's sake, and hast not grown weary. Ooh, amen. Well, we must patiently run the race. And I believe this, this lighthouse has a couple of meanings. Number one, uh, Eve quite often represents the bride of the last Adam, just as Eve was the bride of the first Adam. Um, and the bride is the one that's going to bring the light, kind of like Tabitha did, bringing the light to those who were trapped in the maze and didn't know the way out, didn't know the way of salvation, right? Um, but also, Eve represents Eve, because I know Eve, and Eve uh, has been a faithful lighthouse to God's people and a faithful hard worker uh, to help people to see the light. And she's done that for many years, you know, and even when she had three jobs, <laughs> she, she uh, always sent me her dreams and visions, and um, uh, it took, um, took a lot out of her to do that. So we appreciate her very much. All right, and we appreciate all of you that send your dreams and revelations to us and uh, bless us with uh, the wisdom of the Lord. Um, they're little parables um, that we look at, and, and we can continue to look at them because God continues to show things out of parables. Jesus spoke in parables um, so that the wise and prudent wouldn't understand. But the ones that he had chosen and drawn to himself would understand. So Jesus spoke in parables. Some people say, why do you talk in parables so much? <laughs> well, Jesus did it. I think I can do it too. And I believe at this time the Lord has been calling me to do just that. Not that we won't stop and do just plain teachings, but there's awful lot of teachings in these parables. And we love to share them. So God bless you with all these revelations and teachings. And uh, God open your eyes to see. May God give discernment uh, to this people to uh, perceive and understand and meditate on these wonderful parables and those, of course, that are in the Bible that teach us how to interpret all parables. And uh, thank you, Father, for that. In the name of Jesus, thank you for your wondrous uh, wisdom that you give to us as we read your word. We re remember these things that you speak in your word when we get dreams and visions and revelations, and uh, they help us to interpret it because we've been in your word. And we've heard those little phrases, and we find out what they mean. Amen. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing for your people. Thank you for the great deliverance that you have given to your people already. Thank you for this trail that we've gone through today to learn about the crucified life and to learn about how we must take up our cross and follow Jesus. And, of course, when you take up your cross to follow Jesus, you follow him to death on that cross. And it is a death to self. It's not a physical uh, Jesus went through a physical death in order that we might have this death to self, even while we live. And thank you, Father, 
that you have given us the gift of death to self through Jesus Christ. And he tells us to to um, consider it done. Reckon yourself to be dead to sin and alive unto God. And let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. And he went on to say, He made you free from sin. Amen. We have been made free from sin. And we reckon it done. Thank you, Father. And uh, bless you all. Thank you for joining us today. And may God bless you in this coming week. And uh, Amen. And good night. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you O sacred heart, in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine O Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus Jesus